the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. First and foremost, I want to say thank you. I have had a slightly limited schedule recently due to power outages. Due to the big storms in California, and they are impressive. Storm after storm after storm, atmospheric river, where I don't think there was a term called atmospheric river when I was 12 years old as a kid. And it is exactly what it sounds like. Where it's raining at 10 p.m. and you fall asleep and it's you wake up and it's raining at 2 a.m. and you fall asleep and it's raining at 4 a.m. I want to say thank you because I've taken a little bit extra time off due to power issues. Um, but you guys didn't complain, and I appreciate that. I pledge if you listen, I'm going to do my best every day to come up with ideas and content for you. Um, the very, very best that I can. So you listen, I'll find something to help us get to retirement together. This is earnings season. It's the first one of the new year. We just got our first jobs report. So far, the market is saying, you know, we're we're, we're not going to completely forget last year. But so far, the, the action has been forgiving and forgetful. The problem that I have is I, I still think we have some issues. There's down periods in the stock market. We'll call them bear markets. We'll call them corrections. They tend not to be like for 10 years in a row, we got to this feeling. It felt like, oh, the market's down 5%. That's awful. Buy more stock. And the next thing you knew, we were at a 52-week high. Corrections take a little bit of time. Bear markets take a little bit more time. We're talking up to three years. And we're 13 months in. Does that mean I stop buying stocks? No, 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 no. I could have 17 more months in my mind. Um, I could have 24 more months. I can have two more months where I'm buying high and it seems like things go lower. Or as Adam Phillips said, and I put his interview up on my uh, website, Rob Black Show on YouTube. Well, I don't know the website, YouTube, but on YouTube, I put it up under my channel, Rob Black Show. And I, I put up a 17 minute conversation that I had with him yesterday about the start of the year. And I was playing with them a little bit like, hey, the markets are up 2% year to date. Does that mean we're going to be up uh, 104% by the end of the year? <laughs> and he's like, he goes, hardly. <laughs> he didn't say it like that, but that's what it felt like. Anyhow, we've started off a new year. I think earnings season, we need to see earnings estimates come down. We need to see Salesforce.com say, you know why we just let go of 10,000 people? It's because we lost this deal. It's because no one wants to make a big step right now in front of a recession. Chief technology officers are saying, you know, I'd really like a new instant net for the company and new computers, but we're going to hold off on that, that, that sweet puppy until after the recession. 
we're firing people. How do we know we want 20,000 computers when we're firing 10,000 people? We want to hear that kind of, this is why it happened. It's really odd to say that out loud. So let's talk about what we got yesterday. We had a stock market that was doing very well, but then it ended the day mostly flat. So it's coming, it's, it's doing what it should be doing right now. We shouldn't be hitting 52 week highs. We shouldn't be testing all-time highs. Yesterday, the NASDAQ was up. Big tech, very attractive to start the year after big tech, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, aka Alphabet. After they had such a bad year last year, we want them because every year before that, we've made money on them, it feels like. That's not true, but let's just say for this, it feels that way. 10-year treasury sits at 3.5%. Bitcoin sits at 17,210. It feels like for now, if you expect NASDAQ to go up, you expect Bitcoin to go up. If you expect NASDAQ and big tech companies to go down, you expect Bitcoin to go down. It's not exactly fancy analysis, huh? It's a little crude and rough. Tesla stock was up 6%. Again, at the start of the year, Will Elon Musk focus on Tesla? Will he focus on Twitter? Last year, it felt like he was obsessed with Twitter and Tesla paid the price in the stock, although many of those things would have happened regardless, but it feels that way. Listen to this. The big good news for the earnings, uh, right? Not the earnings, but the earthlings. Earthlings of the world. We have an announcement. The ozone layer is fully expected to be restored over most of the world within the next two decades. This is something I know nothing about. Trends indicate a full ozone layer recovery by 2040 will take place across the planet. The ozone is expected to bounce back to 1980 pre-crisis levels over the Arctic by 2045 and over the Antarctic by 2066. South Pole property owners, good times, good times. So when I see stories like this, I have to... um, Go in and go like, what, what What were we thinking in the 80s? What was happening there? The loss of the ozone layer um, was a big story in the 1980s and 1990s. So if, if you were born in the 1990s, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Smash Mouth, the song uh, All Star, is you know, referencing the ozone layer in their music in the 1990s. And then you're saying Smash Mouth. Hey, now you're an all star. Get your game on. Yeah, that band. What happened to reverse the ozone depletion? It appears chlorine decreased by 11.5% from its use in peak 1993, and bromine decreased 14.5% since 1999. Is that it? I don't know. Is this the global warming? I, I, I don't know. Is this. I don't invest in earth trends. Do I or don't I? I think electric vehicles is investing in quote an earth trend. Something that the kids care about ESG funds. Um, it's just not for me. So I like a good financial statement. I like a product I could look at. I'm worried for Apple that they're going to come out with a virtual reality, augmented reality headset this year. And data is starting to leak about it. And I'll be honest with you, it's got me a little nervous for shares of Apple. Um, There's a lot that you have to buy into. 
it's going to be about $3,000. That's a big price ticket. Again, will that stop people? I don't know. Twice what a phone is. Price-wise, Apple's anticipated headset is going to run on a new operating system dubbed XROS. Apple has already granted a slick group of software developers access to the platform. The headset will be called the Reality Pro. Apple, in the last few years, has started using the word pro on any of their products that they want to sell at a premium price. They put their best semiconductors in, the most memory, the most features, the best lenses. So right out of the gate, they're acknowledging this is going to be an expensive product. Um, It's going to mean by the end of the year that Meta is going to have a direct competitor. And boy, do I feel bad for Mark Zuckerberg. I don't feel bad for him, but... The comparisons are going to be brutal if Apple has a better product on their hand than Zuckerberg's Meta because Zuckerberg has said, we're going to sink billions and 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 billions of dollars into Meta. Apple's mixed reality offering will differ from Meta's with a virtual reality product in the sense that Apple is going to be trying to change users' environments replacing its entirety with a computer-generated view, um, you're going to be able to see the world as well. Um, It's going to have lenses that you can, I think is the idea from what I've been reading. And the person who who does most of the good detective work into Apple is an analyst on Wall Street, uh, Ming-Chi Koo. Uh, said last week, software and hardware issues had forced Apple to delay the shipment of the product to the second half of this year. It should have already been out. I'm kind of glad that it hasn't because I don't know if we need it. But again, I'm a little nervous on that. Um, Apple has made some flop products in their lifetime. 30. They've made some products that were a little bit too early for their time. Go check out the Newton if you want a good example of that. Better pricey flops. Now, Facebook has done nothing but hardware flops. Apple has had some hardware successes or two. I think it's going to be a tough year for Mark Zuckerberg's meta as far as justifying that. Cost is sinking into it. That needs to stop. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Hi, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. California is being hit with rainstorm after rainstorm, and it gets, it kind of wears on you a little bit. I know you're saying that California is in a drought. We're watching the reservoirs grow. It's, it's, it's all good news, but mudslides and, and, and flooding. Yeah. Flooding is bad damage. We're definitely seeing a lot of water leakage claims on homes and businesses. Um, but because it isn't included in general homeowner coverage, most people in California are not covered by flood insurance. And that could mean expensive headaches. Then you get into how much did the United States average, not average taxpayer, how much did taxpayers in the United States pay last year for ex- what are called extreme weather events? The answer is over $99 billion. Think of the stuff that doesn't get claimed or doesn't get processed either. So rain damage and water leakage not included in general homeowner coverage. Uh, for me, I look at rainstorms as 
something that could affect my very expensive home. So I try to take care of it. Um, but I'll tell you what, as a man, I have a lot of questions about my ability to take care of property and rain. I let's, you know, I'm not a tough guy. I wasn't going to go west um, back in the 1800s. Go west, young man, and find gold. That was not going to be on my agenda. I don't know everything masculine there is to know. Um, for instance, I've got some French drains. So I bought a home 18 months ago, let's say roughly. And it's on a hillside. Okay, that's hillside and mud and trees equal, uh-oh, rain, not a good combination, right? So I had some extra French drains put in, which is easy to do. And I had some weatherproofing done and I had some new gutters put on. Um, last December, December of 2021, the year that I bought the home in August, I had a downspout that I didn't know was problematic and it, it was problematic and I didn't know it was problematic until we got five to 10 inches of rain in one storm. And the rain started backing up into the house and the, it created a waterfall into my son's uh, bedroom in the middle of the night. Um, and of course the, the spouse was away. So we we're all sleeping upstairs. We're couching it, watching movies and I wake up to hearing a really loud downspout, a waterfall. And I was like, wow, there's the, the water handling of this roof is crazy. It's loud. And I didn't realize it was in the house that it was a waterfall and it wasn't set up to be an in-house waterfall. And it's not an insurance claim. And that was a good $10,000 where I had to you know, cut out the roof. I had to dry it out for a month, um, prevent mildewing. I had to get some new material. I got some um, soundproofing that I put in the, in the wallet. Oh, for the record, when I had to cut out the roof, I found a hammer in the roof, which means this had happened before. I'm like, ah. The previous owner knew there was a downspout issue and didn't properly fix it. So not only did I cut out the roof of my child's downstairs bedroom, but I called the gutter company and I said, we need to change this downspout. Uh, I had a new roof put on when I moved in and they, we didn't know what the, the rain flow was going to be. This was the first rain of the season. So I was like, oh, well, there goes $10,000 of building materials and time and um, my son, you know, a new rug for his room, things like that. It was a good two hours of a waterfall in his room. And they're like, you must have been sleeping hard that night. Uh, yeah. But I take seriously cleaning my gutters. Um, I take seriously, you know, managing water. Um, just driving down my main road. I, I kind of live in a little bit of the country, which is why I lose power a little more than you. And... I got a battery backup, but I don't want to use all my battery backup on, uh, you know, I want it for the fridge. I want it for work and stuff like that, you know? So here's one of the tricks that's going on with flood claims. About a third of flood claims are coming from non-flood areas. The landscape is quickly changing. The California insurance commissioner, he reminded insurance companies about the responsibility to cover damage from mudslides that are a result of the recent wildfires. So if you get a mudslide into your home that's caused by rain, you may get compensated because it was more of a wildfire problem. Like, whoa. So the commissioner in California of insurance said, I'm alerting insurance companies to follow California law requiring that they cover mudslide debris flow or other damage that is caused by a recent wildfire so that people can recover quickly. 
But most flood insurance is issued by FEMA, which places a 30-day hold on any new policy after it's purchased. So you can't buy it saying, oh, this is a tough season. So like if you buy it now, you're waiting until February to get that coverage. People who live in flood zones are often required to have flood insurance. Uh, here's a, an important financial lesson. Read your damn insurance policies. And if you're too lazy to do that, call the company and go, let's say your company is USAA. Uh, USAA, my name's Robert. I've been a customer of yours for 25 years. If my house gets flooded, am I covered? No. Thank you. Um, find out what you get and what you don't get. Uh, the current disaster protection is in place right now when it comes to fire policy. It may need to reform now in California for storms that get named specifically. Maybe that's going to be the drawing line. I can tell you from driving around my neighborhood, there's a lot of downed trees. What? Not one of my neighbors, but in my community, there was a downed tree that took out a, a granny unit. I mean, it took it completely out. And I saw five big PGE trucks there, you know, trying to cut the tree out of the guy's house. Um, it was a crazy day. More than 500,000 homes and businesses are without power at certain times during these storms. The cost of losing power is expensive. Like I told you, I got a battery backup. I paid $45,000 for my solar system last year. And when I do hit reserve power, I, I work. It's nice. Slowly but surely, the system's paying for itself in the summer months because it generates a lot of electricity that I don't have to get from PG&E, which I expect PG&E to charge me even more money this time next year. <laughs> and when they do, I'll add another battery on to try to compete with the cost of rising electricity costs during the winter that's not really covered with the sunshine that is during the summer in California. So there's a lot of financial thoughts here. Um, first and foremost, have a conversation with your insurance company. Second, rain's not going to be covered. Third, you know, um, one minute. Flood insurance is tough to get, but I, I think there's going to be a refinement to that system in our lifetime for if it's a named storm that takes something out. I don't know. It's tough to say what the U.S. is going to cover and not cover. It's it's a for profit industry. But here's something I do out regularly. <clears throat> you know how I update all my passwords on a regular basis to the point of being anal every six months. Um, I also take a look at my insurance policies on a regular basis and I ask questions on a regular basis. Um, to help cover in case of loss, I take pictures of my home and I put it on my phone under a folder called pictures of my home. Walk around with a camera and videotape my home. Have some documentation of what you own. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. It's been an interesting start to the year already. We are moving into earnings season. There are two main characters in the world of financial markets that I think Wall Street really favors. 
Jamie Dimon and Brian Moynihan. Jamie Dimon and Brian Moynihan are CEOs of big banks. Bank of America. Think of it, Goldman Sachs. Um, the really big banks of the world. The, the people who can lend money to Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. They have the pulse on basically the spending of the world. So during earnings season, I always enjoy that they kick off earnings season. I, I think there's three big weeks of earnings is the way you should look at it. And it starts off with the big blue chip companies like the banks. Um, slowly feeds into retailers, into restaurants, into tech stocks. And I think we learned something a little bit about each of them this quarter in the next two weeks really about a week two weeks from now we're going to be hearing from tech companies and i want to hear what salesforce has to say um why did you cut 10 percent of your workforce do you really need to cut another 10 percent? you've done a lot of acquisitions mark benioff at salesforce what's your next step by picking up slack last year it's a lot of employees and it was a very good time during the pandemic to be a tech company because people had to come up with remote solutions that involve technology. I don't care about the companies like Zoom right now. So if you're not earning a lot of money, I don't have a lot of interest in you. And it, 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 I'm a Fairweather fan sometimes, right? This is not a period of growth. This is a period of contraction. So as an investor, one of the risks that you take is, is a company you need to tap the equity markets for more money. And if you're losing money, the answer is maybe. And if you're earning money, the answer is less likely. Doesn't mean that we have to hate all companies losing money. It doesn't mean that we can't speculate somewhere. But take, for instance, the biotech companies. Um, they're trying to come up with a cure for baldness. They're trying to come up with for a cure of diabetes they're trying to come up with a treatment for cancer they're cut, trying to, like we know that they're supposed to lose money they're trying to hit a home run we expect them to lose money they're trying to hit a home run in a good economy it doesn't matter in a bad economy it doesn't matter they're coming up with cures now what could hurt a biotech company right now is if everyone's racing for the cure for impotency and someone gets it and you're working on it and you're like, oh, for instance, there's three really good weight loss drug companies, uh, companies that make weight loss uh, treatments. Most of them are in the form of shots at this point in time, not necessarily in the form of a pill that you could take. Eli Lilly has, if approved, has a weight loss drug that can become the best selling drug of all time. But there's other drugs on the market that we have to keep an eye on, Sixenda, Wagovia. So Novo Nordisk has some great drugs as well. Abvi has some great drugs, but Abvi not so much in weight loss. Abvi's got the best-selling drug right now for rheumatoid arthritis in Humira. So yeah, there's there's different types of risk, right? So I like earnings season because it's almost like a game show on ABC. Game shows are cheap to make. They start cheap talent. Typically a host that might have been good looking 20, 30 years ago. 
a little bit of a washed up talent, or maybe a little bit of a sarcastic personality. Like there's there's different reasons, right? But game shows are cheap. But anyhow, uh, when I say Ryan's a game show, when you're talking about the stock market at times of like what sector is telling the truth and you get that to tell the truth stand up moment, which I think we all kind of dig a little bit. Interesting times to be a customer of Apple. This is another thing you have to watch for in earnings season. We all are in our mind thinking Apple is going to have a rough quarter because a lot of their phones are manufactured. A lot of their products are manufactured in China. And until the last 60 days, China's had a zero COVID policy. Um, you come to work with the sniffles, they, they pull you aside and say, um, we have to do a quick test on you. Oh, the whole factory shut down because you came to work today. They had a zero COVID policy that they're now saying we're going to let some people die so we can kind of get the immunity into the herd. Russia and China's vaccines are not the U.S. China vaccines. That's another investment lesson right there of the Western medicine is a little more fleshed out, a little bit more known. Uh, the efficacy rates and safety of the vaccines higher than the ones that we've seen come out of China. But China wants to use their own vaccine. And I, I, I guess I get it. I, I don't, but I guess I do. But there's an investment lesson there of, of quality. I remember listening to a radio show a couple of years ago or these two. I'm not, I don't want to use the word idiots because they're not idiots. Two, I don't want to use the word young men because they weren't young men. They weren't fools. A lot of every industry has its flaws. And one of the flaws of my industry is you can sound a lot smarter than you are just by saying, I'm smarter than you. Just by saying, you know, I, these two guys were talking about Yukos oil and is based in Russia. I'm like, why not go with Exxon? Why not go with, because Yukos was like a $4 stock and that's why they wanted to go that direction. They wanted the sexiness of, of low figure math. Well, it's a lot easier for four to become eight than it is for 40 to become 80. No, it's not. It's the same exact thing. Um, it's the same exact thing. And they were obsessed with it and you would hear them talk and it was kind of embarrassing. I felt embarrassed for them because I was like, you know, there's a guy named Putin over there. He does, you know, if he wants something, he takes it. So you have a, a oil company in Russia that's acting all Western and, and making profits and talking big about their proven reserves. And sure enough, Putin takes it. And the stock goes from $4, $6, whatever it was at, to zero. I, I don't buy Russian stocks. I don't buy Chinese stocks. If the number one reason I don't buy Chinese stocks is I've never been to China. The number one reason I don't buy Chinese stocks is I'll say something stupid like, do you think in China they, they get American takeout? Like, I'm like, no, no that's not even funny. Uh, you think they call Chinese food normal? <laughs> like, yeah. is that the standard? 
I don't know the languages. I don't know like the politics. Well, I kind of know some of the politics, but you get the idea. I don't have to have boots on the ground, but I have to have a better understanding. So when I turn on things like uh, CNBC or Bloomberg and I see Bloomberg is great because they really vet their guest. I find that CNBC is pretty awful. If you were to see, and I'm just going to use the name Karen on CNBC all the time and Tom on CNBC all the time, and they're saying, I like this stock at this price. I like the stock or this price action. Don't you think we should get a report card? Don't you think we should say, you know, how have they done over five years, 10 years on the air? Biggest hit, biggest losers. But nope, the parade of guests moves on. So one of the things I was talking about here is being a customer of Apple. Broadcom, its biggest customer, Apple, is going to stop buying a key part we've recently learned. And I think that's actually a really big story because during earnings season, you get companies standing up and telling the truth. A couple of years ago, Apple said, you know, we're suing Qualcomm because Qualcomm says they have the patent on something called the internet phone, i.e. getting the phone to deliver internet signals. Qualcomm said, we have that patent. So every phone made has to pay us money. And Apple's like, you know, we, we like your modems and phones, but we want to make our own because it's expensive. And when you make a hundred million phones every couple of years, you got to, one thing you can do is you can cut a part that's 45 cents down to 40 cents. You just made a lot of money. And many, many years ago, Apple relied on Intel and Apple said, you know what? We could probably do our own CPUs. And slowly but surely they are going, and they can, and they're nice. And they send them out to Taiwan Semiconductor to manufacture, which is, I still think, a great investment idea that's actually in the world of tech. I don't want to say on the safer side, but it's on the more fair valuation side. So when Apple came and said, you know, Qualcomm, we're, we're putting you on you know, notice. In the next five years, we're going to stop using your, your product. They're doing that to Broadcom right now. Broadcom makes a chip that handles Wi-Fi and Bluetooth functions in its devices. Apple's already working on its replacement processor. Now, in the past, we would say things like, well, Apple can't replace Intel. And sure enough, they could. And Apple can't replace Qualcomm. And they're slowly but surely getting there. They've hit some delays, to be fair. Apple accounts for 20% of Broadcom's business. Revenue is the right way of saying that. Uh, You have to know the players. If Apple has a good quarter, if Apple has a bad quarter, Broadcom stock recovered yesterday when Apple kind of dropped the bomb out there that they're going to be replacing Broadcom's Wi-Fi and Bluetooth chip over time. Um, it's worthy of note. It's worthy of note that earning season has different things to teach us. And you just have to sit there and absorb a lot of information. Like California right now is sitting there and absorbing a lot of water. It's a process. It takes time. And there's problems that, that can crop up because of it. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. In your 20s, it's not going to be a fun show. Because you're going to say, ah, you want me to save money. 
I wanted to do something fun this weekend. I can't believe, and this is just again show you where I come from mentally. I know that my bank account and my wealth is is good. I had a dream of having one million dollars probably when I was eighteen. And I far surpassed that. So I've hit my financial expectations. Whenever I go to a sporting event, I look around and I look at 12,000, 14,000, 16,000, 20,000 other people. And even more at a football game, right? And I go, can these people afford to be here? Have they hit their financial goals? And when you're talking to someone who's 20, they're like, screw you. I'm going to the football game. I'm going to the basketball game. And um, my last producer lived at home, which is totally normal. It's very accepted in California. Not so much in the rest of the country. When you're 30 years old. Um, And I, I do believe it is important to get out of the home and pay your own bills and kind of adult. Um. But I'm always, my own last producer in radio, he went to basketball games. And I was like, who's paying for that? Like, that should be your down payment on a house. Because he's not getting the tickets, the season tickets. He's not getting them from Ticketmaster. He's getting aftermarket tickets. Which is just, it's not only insulting the price that you pay and the fees and the markups, but it's doubly insulting when you're not saving for your retirement. And you're living at home. You're not even adulting yet. I To me, it, it's It's shocking. Coinbase has confirmed another 20% of their staff is going to be fired. That's tough. Have you noticed a lot of firings and and downsizing happens at the end of the year? It's almost as if we should move Christmas to July so that when people get laid off, it's not right after Christmas. And isn't that a weird thing to say? Because doesn't Christmas seem like years and years and years ago? We're only on January 10th. So Coinbase has confirmed a painful loss. They're going to fire 20% more of their staff. The stock is falling. I have no interest in Coinbase. I I, I see them like an E-Trade. I know you're saying, okay, give me a second there, Rob. Let me digest what you're saying. Where are you going at with this? Back in 2000, um, I knew people who were quitting their job to become day traders. And I'm like, are you sure you want to quit that job at Apple or Microsoft? Or are you sure? And like, yep, 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 yep. I know a person at LinkedIn who quit his job to become a, uh, and this is even funnier, instead of a day trader with E-Trade, he quit his job to become an influencer with crypto. And I have nothing against day traders who are using platforms like E-Trade. I have nothing against influencers who are using Coinbase as their platform uh, or as their commission-driven idea in crypto. The problem that I have, it's average people who, in the middle of their career, said, I'm going to do an about-face. I'm not going to go back to college. I'm not going to get a skill in the real world. I'm going to try to like day trade from my basement, or I'm going to try to influence from my basement. And I have a problem with that. I think we all know the story of a couple of years ago, I tried to get an influencer on to talk about crypto because I, you know, I got the ETFs. That's an easy one. Uh, not the ETFs. <laughs> That's even funnier. Um, I got the coins. I understood the idea on the bigger currencies, the the Bitcoins, the 
I got the Ethereum contracts. There's, but I was like, what am I missing here? Cause it felt like I was missing something. Um, not the ETFs, but the NFTs, the non-fungible tokens. Like, okay, I, I get it. I get it. Rob Gronkowski comes out with the digital photo of him celebrating with the Super Bowl and eating out of a, uh, tortilla chips out of a hat. I get it. Really, really cute. Awesome. Uh, great photo. And they're, they're only going to make a hundred of them available, but the problem is it's digital. And if you've seen the picture once, maybe you've captured it. Like, I don't really get the idea of it. So I tried to get an influencer on. And, uh, you know, I, I scoured the TikToks. I scoured the uh, Instagrams. And I found uh, a pretty good looking, pretty smooth talking, uh, pretty well produced. So the, my point was I was going to have this young person on and she was going to come on and at the end of it, I was going to plug her, her gram, her Instagram. And she's like, how much are you going to pay me? I'm like, I'm not going to pay you anything. I'm a top 10 financial podcast in the nation, in the world. I've got 25 years of credibility. Um, you don't pay for guests on CNBC. And she's like, okay, you're not going to pay me. I'm not going to do it. I'm like, okay. And watching that was when Bitcoin was at 60,000 and watching it go to 50 and 40 and 30 and 20 and 10. Um, well, it hasn't gone to 10. But to me, Coinbase is equivalent to E-Trade, where people are quitting their jobs becoming influencers. People are quitting their jobs to day trade. People are quitting their jobs to go out on the wild, wild west. Go west, young man. There's gold in them hills in California. And th those settlers would like drive wagons across the country. And if TV movies were to be accurate, they would mostly die <laughs> as the Indians would circle the wagon trains and uh, shoot arrows at them. And I always felt like I was going to be the guy shot with an arrow. So I never went on the wild, wild west. And what do I mean by that? Have you ever seen a Mad Max movie where Max wanders into a town of um, good human beings, survivors, and they, they've, they've, we've given a lot of distance to the evil gang, the biker gang, uh, the mayor says, and we don't need you, Mel Gibson, in our town because you're just going to bring trouble. And the next thing you know, like an arrow comes over the hill and hits the governor or the mayor in his belly and he dies. I always feel like I'm going to be that mayor. So I'm not a go west young man kind of guy. I don't want to take an arrow that I don't see coming. Um, take some caution from what I'm trying to say. We've seen this before and we're going to see it again. In 2000, it was people quitting their job to become day traders, and they failed miserably. In 2020, we've seen people quit their day job to become influencers in Coinbase and crypto, and it's ending miserably. It'll happen again. Ten. Or maybe next time, you'll just do it like I do it with the stock market and capitalism. I'm Rob Black. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.